Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. This morning, it's the last morning of our series called From Paper Planes to Paradise. And, um, and we're wrapping up the series. Come on, hasn't it been a, just a good time of word? It's been a bit of a new revelation to, to all of us. Well, it's probably an old thing saying, but it's a new revelation to most of us. Now, like I said every week, if we take this one small word or if you take a one small thought or that one statement that we had to do and we apply it to our lives, it's got the potential to change a lot in our lives. Isn't that amazing? If you take something small, it seems insignificant to us and it maybe feels stupid just folding a small little paper plane, but that thing can take you to paradise. It can take you to that promise, that goal, that thing that you want to achieve in your life. And sometimes we, we wait for the big things, but it actually starts with the small things. You see, the small things are truly have the potential to turn into big changes in, in, in our lives. But if we apply it right, we need to apply the small things right in our life. Now, the first week, um, I just want to wrap it up for us a bit and give you a bit of recap. On the first week, we looked at the power of one small little word that can direct us towards the end of this year. So how do we, for, for those of you who haven't been there, um, how do we, from, from now to the end of the year, achieve our goals, all the things we struggle to get to, how do we get there? So week one, we looked at, we look at one small word that is our focus that can direct us towards the years, like growth or wisdom or, or, or clarity. Maybe that's your one word. Week two, we spoke about the power of our thoughts. Remember that? Our thoughts are powerful because it sets our words in motion. And in week three, we looked at, last week we, looked, we spoke about our words. We spoke about the power of our words and how words impact our lives on a daily basis. Now remember I said, with our words we can create or we can destroy our lives. Do you know that? You can literally destroy your life by speaking stupid stuff, as I said last week. And, and this is the flow of our, our sermon series, that our thoughts will lead to our words. Our, le- our words will lead to our actions. Our actions will lead to our habits, and our habits will create our destiny. It's a, it's a flow of life. If you think wrong thoughts, you're going to speak stupid words. You're going to, your actions are going to struggle. You're going to have bad habits in your life, and your destiny is going to be according to that. And that's why we need to take these small little things in our lives and direct it and apply it right. Now, today I want to close looking at the power of habits. The power of our habits. How many of us have good habits in our lives? Come on. Let's be honest. Thank you for being honest. There we go. You see, <laughs> come on. We need good habits. We, we can also say that our, our habits in life shows our disciplines. Why? Why? Why can I say that? Because we are what we repeatedly do in life. Did you know that? You are what you repeatedly do in life. Now, now, this, some of you here that says, man, I think I'm disciplined in life. Now, now ladies, for the true honesty, how many of you feel that you're not disciplined in life? Come on, there we go. There, thank you for the honesty this morning. Now, for all of you who feel like, like, like that, and, and if you don't feel very disciplined, 
Let me, let me change your thinking a bit. Let me change your perspective a bit this morning on being disciplined. You see, it is just about perspective. We all are actually disciplined in life. Did you know that? We all are disciplined, but in different ways. You see, all of us have certain disciplines in life and that we actually consistently do on a daily basis. So how many of you love consistently, disciplined enough to press that snooze button in the morning? Come on. You see, we are disciplined. See, how many of you are disciplined enough to never miss that one meal or that every meal and day? Come on, we're disciplined. We eat. How, how many of you are disciplined on watching that TV show? Man, I don't miss that thing. Come on. We are disciplined in life. See, we, we don't know it. It's just a different perspective. We all are disciplined, but we don't have always the right disciplines. We don't. Now, let's maybe define the word discipline. Is it right? Can we define the word discipline that will help us maybe understand what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to use the dictionary definition. Okay. I'm going to use a leadership definition that can help us to look at this discipline in a different way. Why? Because we want to lead yourself. We are a leader in your own right. Now, this is, this is the definition. Discipline is simply choosing between what we want now and what we need most. Do you want that chocolate now? Because oh, I want it now. Or you're going to eat that apple because it's healthy. I need it most. You see, so all of us are successful in some areas of our lives, and if we look at that areas, you will find consistent disciplines in your life. Like maybe a good marriage. You feel that I've got a good marriage, and if you look at that marriage, you will find consistent disciplines. What am I talking about? I'm talking about doing a marriage course every now and then because I want to invest in my marriage. Maybe you're saying, listen, I'm consistent, I'm disciplined in my marriage because I'm consistent with a once-a-week date night with my wife. I'm consistent in that. Or maybe you say, listen, we pray together daily because we want to do consistent disciplines in our lives and that's why we have a good marriage. But if you look at, at all the things we're not succeeding in, because <laughs> there is stuff we're not succeeding in, there is some disciplines, they're just not the right disciplines. Am I right? This is not the right. Or, or maybe we can say, listen, we can be so inconsistent in the good disciplines in our lives. So like, let me give you an example. I want to get fit. So now I'm ready. I get the program and I start training. On Monday, I go to the gym. On Tuesday, I go to the gym. Man, on Wednesday, I barely go to the gym. On Thursday, I was like, ooh, everything is so out, man. I, I think it's a rest day. It's a good rest day today. On Friday, I go for a walk because I'm still a little bit, I'm almost there. On Saturday, it's Friday. You're not going to go to gym on Saturday. Sunday is rest, rest day. And then on Monday, you started slipping and there you started where you began. Sound familiar? Sound familiar in life? No. Now, before you feel bad about those moments of failure, all of us can relate to this because all of us have been there. Now, if we look at the Bible, and we always want to go back to the Bible. We want to go back to the Word that gives life to us. And you go back to the Bible, we look at the Apostle Paul. And I, you, know, you know me, I love speaking about Paul, the Apostle. And he was one of the strongest and most effective spiritual leaders in the Bible. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This man was a machine. He was such a great leader. Now, 
If you've ever wondered wonder why we struggle with being so inconsistent, Paul was so transparent and said, listen, me too. Now if you go to Romans 7, verse 15, we're going to read this together. Verse 15, 18, and 19, it says the following. It says, and this is Paul speaking. This is not just one or other small guy in the Bible. This is Paul. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Come on. Sing. Listen, I want to eat healthy, but that chocolate is calling my name. Get behind me, Satan. Have you ever felt like that? So he says, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse 18, it says, And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. <laughs> you know you have to eat healthy. You know you have to eat that apple. But chocolate is calling. Sound familiar? See, I really want to do the right thing, but I end up doing the wrong thing. Why? Why, why, why? Have you ever asked that question? Why do I end up doing the stupid stuff when I know I have to do the healthy thing? Come on, why, why, why? Now, Paul actually goes on in verse 20. He says the following. He says, but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. What? Okay. He says, it is sin living in me that does it. It's like, okay. That's really interesting, Paul. <laughs> Do you know what Paul actually says here? Do you know what Paul actually says? He says that by nature, all of us are not really self-disciplined. Or he says by nature, sin pulls us away from what God wants for you. He says, we need to realize that there is a constant battle between the godly nature and a worldly sinful nature, constantly in our lives. We need to fight this thing, bat battle this thing. It's a battlefield of the mind every day. And, and Paul says, listen, you need to realize by nature we're not self-disciplined. Not any of us. Because I do things that I didn't, I want to do, I want to be self-disciplined, but I'm not. Um, and, and, and he goes on and on and on. And he says, but sin in our lives, the, the sinful nature of the world keeps pulling me the wrong side. But look what he says in verse 24. He says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. <laughs> Have you ever felt so terrible about failing? Man, you, 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 I mean, I failed again. I tried my New Year's resolution. I want to get fit. Now I fail again. And then you feel so terrible. Later, you feel so terrible that you feel that you failed God. That this habit has been killing me so much in my life that every time I fail, I feel like, oh, Lord, I failed you again. And look what he says. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. <laughs> Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Isn't that amazing? See, Paul very transparently comes and he says, with a bold question, he says, listen, who can help me Walk away from the sin in my life. Ever felt like that? Is anybody there? Can anybody just help me walk away from the sin in my life or from this habit or from this ill-discipline ill in my life? Who can help me overcome my temptation? Who can help me be consistent? Who can help me be more disciplined in my life? We all have been there. Isn't it? 
But listen to what the answer is. He gives the answer. In the next verse, he says, Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on. Isn't that good news? Come on, when we had communion this morning, Jesus is the answer. Nothing else. Nothing else. You see, Paul says the answer is not a principle we are looking for. Because all of us look for principles. I want to get to diet. I want to do this. What's the steps that I need to do? But Paul says, no, no, no. It's not a principle. The answer is in a person. It's Jesus. That's your answer. Stop looking for stuff around you. Look at Jesus because he's the answer. Come on. With his help, we can be different. With his help, we can change. By his power, we can transform from sinful to, to godly. Come on. I love that. See, this is a super important principle for so many Christians, and we still miss it today. We still miss it today as Christians. So many people miss this moment. Why? Because we try, and then we try, and then I try, and I try a bit more, and then I try again to do the right thing, to be successful, but what happens? I keep on failing. I keep on failing, and, and then maybe I'll get a, a one right, and then I keep on failing, and I try again, and I try again. Why? Why? Have you ever thought why? Can I give you the answer? Because I try. We try. We try. Then we forget that Christ in me has already delivered me, has already set me free, has already empowered me. Now let me, can I explain this to you? This is probably, this is, uh, maybe if you sat and had coffee with me, you probably had this diagram before. But this is you. Maybe you'll recognize this. But this is you, and I'm going to pie chart your life today. And I can divide your life into a few things. And there's probably more than five, but I'm just going to take five and just as, as an illustration today. But maybe I can divide your life into your job, because it's really important. Maybe your family is really important. Our marriage is really important if you're married or not. Or maybe your relationships, if you're not married, you can put in there. Then maybe our money, because... Uh, our money is important. We need that stuff to live, you know. And then, and then lastly, our social life. And oh, yes, I almost forgot I need to put God in there. Phew, I always forgot that one, eh? eh? And then, you know what? The truth, this is now your life. You've got things in your life that, that you want to be successful at. Am I right? You want to be successful in your job. And the harder you work at any one of those things, the harder any work at his job, the most successful, the more successful that job will be. The harder I work with my relationship with my kids, with my marriage and my, my, my relationship with Salome, the more I work hard at it, the more successful will it be. The more I work in my relationship with God and I just, I just make sure I come to church and I do this and I go to men's group, and um, I mean, the more successful my relationship with God will be. And the same with my finances, the same with my social life. But can I give you just the secret on this? The harder you work at any one of these things, you will never be 100% truly successful in any of those. Do you want to know why? Because we, it's all about me. I try. I do. But when we do this, and we make Christ the center of our life, then out of the Christ in me, my job will be phenomenal. Out of Christ in me, my kids will grow and be a great, amazing man or woman of God when they grow up. Out of, out of the Christ in me, my marriage will blossom because I will pray and I will, I will um, 
uh, apply some amazing principles and godly principles and that out of Christ in me, my finances will blossom. So will my social life and my friends that I pick. You see, we need the Christ in us. Otherwise, I'm going to try, and I'm going to try, and we're never going to be successful. We're always going to be ill-disciplined, and we're never going to be succeeding in the stuff that we want to succeed in because we, I try. But the Christ in me is the answer. It is the answer. That is why Paul said in Philippians 4.13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who are in me, who's working through me, who gives me the strength. So many of us have been trying for years to be self-disciplined in achieving our goals. But this is the answer. How many times have you had a New Year's resolution or, or uh, the winter comes, it's like I'm going to be fit this winter so when the summer hits, man, I'm going to run everything and do everything. I'm just going to be amazing. And then when the winter's done, it's like, oh, I've, I still haven't wake up early in the morning. Come on, all of us has been here. But can I give you a secret? We are never going to be self-disciplined because the self will lead to sin. The self leads to sin. That's what Paul said. If I try, it just pulls me closer to the worldly system of sin. You see, Christ in me, the hope of glory. When the Spirit in us take over, we can be spirit-disciplined. Spirit-disciplined and do what God wants us to do. You see, by the power of Christ, we can choose, we can choose what we need most over what we want now. Because <laughs> so I need to choose between what I need most and what I want now. But when you have the Christ in you, man, He helps us and say, this is what you need most above that what you want now in life. So let's ask the question. You know, I ask this question all the time. And I love asking the question, how? And you've been speaking all this cool stuff, but how, how, how do I move from where I am now to where, man, to where I can become more disciplined in life? It's a good question, isn't it? How do we do this? Now, let's look at a portion of scripture that Paul again wrote, and he wrote it to the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church, amazing about this scripture, it's in 1 Corinthians, and he, he, he wrote this scripture to them. Uh, it's talking about a, a race, a race that he spoke about. And it's a race in the Is Isthmian Games. And this was a very patriotic race. If you win this race, man, you get the most honor that any Corinthian can get. And this was almost like winning the Olympics. This was serious business. Now, if you get chosen to run this race, because you can't just pitch up and say, I'm going to run it. You have to be picked to run it. Then they put you in a 10-month training camp to prepare you. Man, now we, 10 months is all you're going to do. Eat, sleep, prepare. Eat, sleep, prepare. That's all you're going to do. They're going to drill sergeant you into this race because if you can win this thing, you get the honor for all your life. You see, Paul was speaking into a culture that loved this race. They loved it. They loved this race. I mean, the Isthmian Games was the Corinthian that whole, um, they were just mad about it. They loved it. And this race was the pinnacle point of it. So listen what Paul said. Talking from that perspective, um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25, he said, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? We all know that. Easy. 
but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. He says, listen, we don't run to get second, we run to win. I say all athletes are disciplined. There we go, there's our words. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that, that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Come on. Isn't that powerful? So what's, what a powerful scripture. For 10 months, these athletes were training to do what? To win. No, they, they, listen, they didn't run to, to just compete. Oh, the spirit of competitors. Not, this is not the comrades. This is, the, listen, this was a serious race. They ran to win. They didn't run to get the silver or the bronze. They, get, they ran to get the gold. This is what their focus was. They didn't run to just get in the top 10. No, no, no. They ran to win. And that's all their focus was. See, we all are running to win in life. All of us. We run to win in the life that we are living. Not just to float through and just say, I'll just come in in the group and just bottom end. That's fine. Go with the flow. No, no, no. If you want to go with the flow, remember that dead fish also goes with the flow. We don't want to be dead. We want to be active, man. That's what God has called us to be. You see, we are all running to win in life. And we are all running to maximize the call of God in your life. Did you know that? We are running this race so that I want to maximize everything that God has given me. And that's call in my life. Because all of us sitting here today on this earth has a call of God in our lives. Yeah. You see, all athletes train with discipline with one goal. To win. To win. That is our goal in life. And we need to be disciplined. All athletes, if they're not disciplined, they will not win. They will not win. Now these athletes, when going into this 10-month training camp, and this is all history, they went into this 10-month training camp, these guys were super serious. Super serious. I remember with, with my running days when we did training camps for world champs or Olympics, you go into a two-week training camp in Italy, and I mean, that's, there's nothing. It's just a track and a mountain. Nothing. And a river. And I realized it never bothered us because when you get there, the only thing you need is a track and a place to eat because we are focused. You are focused. We are focused here to train and to win. That's what we want to do. You see, these guys were on a strict diet. They went to the gym every day. They, they worked out. They even exposed their bodies to cold and heat to make sure that they can perform in any condition. This was serious business for 10 months. Think about it, 10 months. That's two-thirds of a year. That's more than that. That's a long time. But they were, they were dis disciplining their bodies to be able to win. Sometimes we need to discipline ourselves to be able to start winning in life. In fact, the athletes, <laughs> this is quite weird, but the athletes were so focused and so committed and so disciplined that they even stripped off their clothes to get all the weight off. I'm serious. Now, now, now just that would really motivate me to be in front. I just, I'm just saying. Because nobody want to run behind all those stuff. You, know, you, you want to be in front, man. You see, Paul actually mentions this in Hebrews 12. Verse 1, he says, let us strip off all the weight. You remember, let us strip off the weight that slows us down and let us run with endurance the race God set before us. Romans 12, 12 verse 1. Let us strip off. From this context, Paul wrote that. But they were training to win. 
Now, after training for 10 months, 10 months, can I just read? 10 months, winter, summer training. Man, they're just training and then running their hearts out to win this race. Guess what the winning prize is? Do you, do you know what? A wreath of leaves. <sighs> Come on, man. 10 months of beating myself up, running my heart out, I get a wreath of green little leaf. There you go. Cheers. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. Not even a gold medal. They didn't even gold plate it. It, it wasn't Benoni, I know. But, it, I mean, they didn't brass it. They didn't chrome it. They didn't nothing. They just picked the leaf and gave him, here's a wreath for you. Here's a wreath for you. Yay. Amal is gelukkig. Nee. I would not be happy. Ten months of training. But that's why Paul said, that's why Paul said, we're not just running for a few green leaves that will die and wither. No, no, no. He said we are running for an eternal prize that will never fade away. Never fade away. That is our prize. You can't even compare the two things with each other. So you're beating yourself up for 10 months to get the stupid little reef when we are running an eternal race of life that says you get an eternal prize of glory. You see, as believers and followers of Christ, we are living for eternal glory and we want to use everything in us to, to make His name great. I don't know about you, but I want to make His name great. I want to live towards His glory for my life. I don't want to miss the calling of my life that He has for me. Now we need to realize this and we're not just self-disciplined. We are not just self-disciplined anymore. We are spirit-disciplined. Big difference. Big difference. Stop trying to be self-disciplined and shift to that place where you say, I'm spirit-disciplined. I'm spirit-disciplined. This is our secret weapon. We can't miss this. This is, Lord, your spirit within me can help me do great things. See, the Spirit of God helps us to overcome the power of sin. There is no habit, no bad habit that can stand against the power of God in your life. Nothing. Praise God for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a great prize and, and, and what you've done on the cross. Thank you, God, for what you've done on the cross for us so that we will not be beat down by failure anymore. So maybe you're sitting here today and you feel, oh, I, feel, I feel such a failure in life. But that is a lie from the enemy. The enemy is trying to pull you into that sinful nature where you need to be in a godly nature where God says, it's time to be spirit disciplined. The power within you is much greater than anything else. He that is in me is greater than anything in this world. Remember what Paul also said? When we get this and decide to go for what we need most, over what we want now, guess what? We start running with purpose. You see, when we decide, when we get this, suddenly we start saying no to food temptations. And guess what? We're saying yes to healthy living. living. Suddenly you say no to financial temptation, and guess what? You get out of debt. Amazing. We're saying yes to loving our spouse like Christ loved the church. We're raising our children to become next generation world changers. Come on. I'm trusting God for that. See, God is ordering my every step and I'm training myself to strip off every hindrance in my life to keep that, that will keep me away from my calling and my purpose in God. 
I need to strip that off in my life. Now, maybe you said, Henny, come on. It's easy for you. You've been a professional this, and you've been a runner, and you've been a, you're a pastor. That you guys are just naturally disciplined, man. Come on. <laughs> well, as you see, I laugh because it is not true. <laughs> you see, I've got a surprise for you that the power of sin and temptation is just as powerful and real in my life than in any other life. Any great man or woman of God, I can promise you the same thing. The power of sin and temptation is the same with them as any of us. There is actually a few things in my life that I need to repent on and that I really feel that I'm not disciplined in. I'm really not. If you go to my wife, and I go on, like I traveled to Zim last week, and, 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 and I've gone on holiday every now and then. Ask my wife which of our suitcases usually take the longest to be unpacked. <laughs> usually mine, you know, because after two weeks I'll come to my, to my wife, where's the trousers that I'm looking for? And she's like, well, probably in your unpacked suitcase in your room that you need to still unpack, that I still need to wash, but I'm not going to wash it because you need to unpack it. Because I struggle with those things. I love chocolate. I am sorry. <laughs> and I, I need to cut that habit in my life, but I struggle with the discipline of life. You know, I'm not a morning person, but I know I need to discipline myself and kick myself out of bed and say, now it's time to read the Word and get disciplined, spirit disciplined. You see, all of us need God to help us choose what we need most over what we want now. We all need to trust God to create a good habit in our lives. Because what does habits do? It creates forward momentum in our lives. Do you know that? Habits create forward momentum. Let me explain to you. Um, you get things like um, keystone habits. If you read a couple of books of life coaches, you always read about keystone habits. And keystone habits is super important in our lives. Let me explain to you what it is. It's those habits that if, you, if they exist in your life, they create positive momentum in our lives. And, and you know what? They lead to other disciplines. It leads you to other disciplines. Let me give you an example of my life. So I know a keystone habit in my life is to be active. I need to go run or I need to go and cycle for me to, to do well. Now, <laughs> the issue always for me is that when it's winter, I don't like to get into my running clothes. After a long day of work, I just want to go and lie on a couch with a cup of coffee and just be. But I know I need to get off, out of the clothes, get my track stuff on, get my cycling kit on, and then go and be active. I need to do that, but I struggle sometimes. But when I do, guess what? Man, I just hit my schedule better. I mean, I have just more energy in the day. I eat better. I read my Bible more. I pray more. Man, I even serve my wife with a smile more. <laughs> because my keystone habit kicked in. You see, it is very important because it gives momentum to the other habits in my life. But guess what if I don't? Oof. Man, I struggle. It gets harder. You know, I struggle to get up every morning. I snap at my family without any reason. Come on, I'm, I'm normal as well. I start eating chocolates and those things because I cheat on my keystone habit. But when that habit kicks in, something else kicks in, there's forward momentum. So when we keep our keystone habits, we will be more disciplined. But also vice versa. 
if you forget your keystone habit, you will start struggling with the rest of the stuff in your life. So before we end today, I want to talk about two very important questions. Are you ready? Two very important questions. Question number one is this. What do you need most? Think about it today. What do you really need most today? Maybe it's to lose that weight that you've been talking about. Maybe it's to get that cholesterol down and you need to eat healthy. Maybe it's to be more victorious over temptation in your life. Maybe it's to grow in your relationship with God. And, or maybe it's to get out of debt. There's a lot of stuff. But what do you need most before the end of this year? What are you trusting God to reach, to achieve? And if you have that question answered, then we get to question number two. So what is my one discipline? Because you need to be disciplined to get to what you need most. So what is your one discipline? Week one, remember, we spoke about our one word. Week two, we spoke about our one thought. Remember? And then week three, we spoke about a one statement you do. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the sermons. It will bless you. Now to help us pin down this one discipline in our lives, let me ask you a question to help you out. It will direct you towards it. Are you ready? Ready? Here we go. What do you have to do now to get what you need most? What do you have to do now not now, now, just in the next couple of weeks or days, to really get what you need most? What one discipline do you have to add to help you move into the direction that you know God wants you to be at? Maybe I want to get in shape, so I want to call a trainer, I want to call the gym, I'm going to see what contracts cost, then I'm going to um, set two dates two days per week, and I'm going to pay the trainer up front so that I can't just miss it. So I'm going to be very intentional to get there. Be disciplined. Maybe you want to get into the Word. Maybe, you know, go to YouVersion Bible app, pick a devotional, add two, four, three, four friends to keep you accountable, and work through the Word with them. You see, that's being disciplined. What is my one discipline? Maybe you need to join a men's group or a women's group or a cell group to help you be transparent in your life and work through some stuff in your life. Maybe you need to get your finances in order and maybe you start to start giving in life. You see, there is so many disciplines that, that we can have. Maybe you should commit to that one night date night with your wife to really work on your marriage. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe you need to delete a bunch of apps on your phone that is stealing all your time that you can devote to reading your Bible. Or maybe delete apps that is making you stumble in life. You see, we are not self-disciplined. We are spirit-disciplined. Therefore, we can do all things through Christ in me who gives me the strength. Come on, am I talking to someone here this morning? You see, it is the small things in life that will lead us to the big things we all want. The small things in life. In week one, we said, do not despise the day of small beginnings. You remember that? One word that will direct us towards the end of the year, the big outcomes at the close of the year. Week two, we said, our thoughts matter. Remember? Our thoughts matter. Our lives will always move in the, in, in the direction 
of our strongest thought. The Scripture says, therefore, we will take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Week two. Week three, we looked at our words. And our words have the power of life and death. Remember? Proverbs. Words have the power of life and death. And we will not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, but only which is helpful, building others up according to their needs. Because if you want to change your life, we have to need, you have, you, let me rephrase. Because if you want to change your life, we have, sorry, if you want to change the life you have, where, where is my English today? My goodness. If you want to change the life you have, guess what you need to do? You need to change the word you speak. If you want to change the life you have, you need to be able, or never able, be intentional to change the words you speak. Then today I want to pin down our discipline and our habits so that God can help us, well, sorry, that, that God can lead us to what we need most over what we want now. <laughs> Come on. God wants you at a place where you do things that you need most in life because He knows what is good for us. If we just follow the stuff that we want, we're going to struggle and we're going to try out of ourselves. See, God says, who is faithful in the little things, He will trust us with the big things. Little, big. Now let us make the small things count in our lives. You know what, if we make the small things in our lives count, then God can do something huge in us and through us. But we need to be willing to do the small things. We need to be willing to, as Paul said, he says, I run with purpose in every step. Let me just go back. I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just satisfying. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. God has created us with purpose in mind. Do you know that? There is, a, there is a specific purpose for you in front of His throne. When He looks at you, when He thinks about you, when He created you, it's still the same. He's got purpose in mind. He has something in mind that can shake this world, that can change a generation, that can bless your neighbor, that can raise kids, that is life, world changes. But we need to believe it. And we need to change it. And we need to say, Lord, if I, have to do, if I have to go into a bit of a training camp, then I have to. But I'm not self-disciplined. I'm spirit-disciplined. Amen? Did I speak to someone here today? Can we stand and we're going to pray today? Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are not a God who's mad at us and just, just waiting for us to mess up. Lord, but you are in love with us. Lord, we know this morning as we pray that there's so many of us who are struggling through habits in our lives and ill-discipline and stuff in our lives, but thank you, Lord, that you are not condemning us. There's no condemnation in you. There's just love in you. You want us to succeed. You want us to do the best and to be the best and to run with purpose, Father. So thank you today that we can stand in grace and know that you have so much for us, Father. That you've called us to be changed for the best. But Lord, we, we, put, we, we, we have to put down today the us and the I and the I try and we try, Father. And we want to pick up the Christ in me, the hope of glory. 
that we can declare today that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you in us can be successful. And therefore we can say that we are spirit disciplined in life to do what you've called us to do, Father. Not to be beat down by stupid habits, but, but to be lifted up a spirit that is so powerful and created so that we can live in that calling and in that purpose. Father, I pray this morning that, that you lift, lift things off our shoulders this morning. Things that, that we feel like failures, that we feel like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. But if we can expose the lies of the enemy today and say, that is not true. Because God has made me and you and the people around me victorious. Why? Because we look at the cross. We know that Jesus died for everything. He gave us everything so that we can live free from sin and death. Father, help us today as Paul prayed that we will run with purpose in every step. That we will not miss this in our lives. And if we will be focused on you, Father, that, that, that our one word focus will be, will be written down. That our thoughts will be focused on you, Lord. That there will be a statement written that says, this is who I am. And Lord, that there will be disciplines in place that says, I can do this because I am spirit disciplined. We want to declare today that we love you. We love you, Father. And we know that we're not perfect, but you in us makes us perfect. If you're here this morning and you feel that, man, life has beaten me up. I feel like a bloody-nosed boxer. I'm in this fight and I'm trying to, to fight, and, but I feel like I'm just losing. I really feel and sense that the Holy Spirit want to touch you today and encourage you in a matter that says that you are victorious. He has already won the victory. We just need to stand on that battlefield and see Him being victorious. We can't sit in the pavilion. We need to be on that battlefield and say, Father, I'm just here to see you whip the enemy. Just beat the enemy up. I know that's your heart for me. Father, and I pray for every heart that feels like that this, this morning. I pray that, that condemnation will fall off of our shoulders. And if that's you this morning, with all our eyes closed, wouldn't you just maybe put your hand on your heart and just say, Father, this is me. I've, I felt like a failure in that and that and that moment, in this in my life and that in my life. I feel like I'm a failure to my kids. I'm a failure to my spouse. I'm a failure to my boss. I just feel that the Lord says that lies are not for me. That you are successful. I've called you to run with purpose. Lord, thank you for freeing our hearts this morning from thoughts of failure and worldly sin thinking to a place where we are seeing ourselves from a godly perspective spirit disciplined in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen
Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.